Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks. I'm your host, Danielle, and we got a really special episode today because it is episode 100. A look back and your listener questions. Hello, my friends. Happy, happy Friday to you. Happy almost end of July if you're listening um, in real time. And thank you so very much for being a listener. Whether you've been around, I doubt many of you have for all 100 episodes. I mean, get a little kooky or just a few. I'm so glad you're here. I hope this is helping you either get in the Disney spirit if you don't have a trip planned or get prepped if one is coming up for you. Um, This podcast is truly something that I just really enjoy. That's why I started it. I wanted a place just to leave short snippets and tips that I could kind of turn people to about one topic. Um, I myself love listening to Disney podcasts, but sometimes you just need something short, sweet, and to the point. And so that's what I really try to do here, although sometimes I definitely ramble. But it has just been something super enjoyable. When I started, I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep thinking up topics, but they just keep coming to me on short things to share with you guys. And I'm just so thankful to have been able to continue for almost this full year. Now at this point, I'm coming up on a year with my current travel agency and just being immersed in all things mouse and Disney and travel. And I'm so very thankful. I've met awesome people who are crazy about Disney and theme parks like I am, Um, new friendships. I've learned so much and had the opportunity to kind of do and try some new things. So I'm excited about where this next year is going to take the podcast, what these next hundred episodes are going to morph into. And I hope that I just continue finding more and more to share with you all and adding value to your time why you listen. But today we are going to focus in on questions that you all have asked. Um, so I can kind of put that info out there and hopefully something here is going to pertain to you and your trip so you can get a helpful nugget. So let's jump in. All right. Number one, what do I need on my last minute checklist. This came from a client of mine who's going in a couple weeks. She said she's like minor stressing. So what do I need? What am I forgetting? (laughs) So here's the thing. The biggest reason that I like overpack and stress about packing and worry about forgetting stuff is because I'm thrifty. And I don't want to have to buy something down there that costs two or three times as much as something I could buy here at home or that I already have at home. But if you just let that go, like we're not on a deserted island, we're in Orlando. 
anything you need, you can either probably buy on Disney property or you can get grocery delivery to you. You can get Amazon delivered to your resort. So don't like overly stress. Here's something, though, that I would suggest. It doesn't even have to be the week before your trip. It can be right now. Just like go through your normal day to day, have a little note up on your phone and kind of jot down those things you grab for. Like, we all know that we need, you know, our toiletries and we need clothes, but like, it's probably going to rain sometime. You know, do you have an umbrella? Do you have rain gear for the parks? Any medication, stuff like that is a big deal. Disney is going to have, you know, your shampoos and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about bringing that unless you have something special. Um, You know, anything you need to get ready if you're trying to look fancy at the parks. That's not how I deal. Um, Multiple pairs of comfy shoes. That's a big one. Um, Band-aids, if you're fearful of having any issues with like chafing, things to stay cool in the heat. But again, I think if you just kind of think through your day-to-day or just make little lists of those things you use day-to-day, that can kind of help with your packing A few random things that kind of come to mind. We always like to bring a spare backpack or something like that. If you've listened to my packing episode before, you know I take way, way too much to the park. But sometimes, like, if you know it's going to be a rainy day and you brought a park bag already, you may not be equipped to take, you know, the extra umbrella, the ponchos, although I'd probably have that with me every day anyway. So, like, we split it up where there's one backpack that just has that. My husband takes it and I have the other things. Snacks. I like to just bring a water bottle for everybody so we can fill it up in the parks or at our resort on our own. Also, just like plastic Ziploc bags or plastic like grocery bags. I always find something to put in them. If there's wetness that you weren't planning, you know, having that grocery bag can be great. And like I said, the Ziplocs, there always seems to be something I end up, you know, putting in there. Uh, Motion sickness, medication, something for a headache that can be, you know, just a great thing to make sure you have in the park bag, hand sanitizer, tissue, wet wipes, just little things like that. Again, these aren't make or break, but just tiny things that can make your park days a little bit easier. But again, don't stress anything you need. I promise you can buy. (laughs) All right. Our next question. How do you keep dads happy? Um, And I actually talked to my husband about coming on the podcast. I don't talk about my husband on here a lot. And here's why. He's not a Disney guy. (laughs) Um, I know lots of people do their Disney podcast with their spouse, but that is not our dynamic. My husband does not love it. Um, he probably liked it more before we started going all the time. Um, and you know, that's his prerogative. Everyone does not need to be a Disney person, even in my family. And so I kind of ask him, like, would you want to come on and do a podcast about things for dads and Disney or things you enjoy? And he just point blank was like, I don't, I, I'm not there because I enjoy it. That's what he said. He said, I'm there because I know you guys enjoy it. And, you know, it's fun. There's things he likes doing, but that's never going to be his choice on a vacation. So basically his 
input didn't really like feed the question. So I'm going to kind of go around it and share my thoughts. This doesn't just go for the dads. This goes for anybody in your travel party. Have a conversation and you don't overpromise because you don't know how the day is going to go. Stuff can happen. Lines can be long. But just find out like one or two things that everybody really wants to do. What's important? If your spouse knows nothing about Disney, but they love Star Wars, then maybe you make sure those rides in Hollywood Studios are kind of top priority. Maybe you're going to splurge and buy the individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance early in the day because, honey, she breaks down all the time. Okay, Um, so maybe that's something that you kind of bring to the forefront. Or if they are, you know, a really big foodie, you make a great dining reservation, but just kind of go around to everybody. And like I said, we can't make everything happen if you are the planning person, but you definitely can try to get one or two things in for everyone. Some other things that you may not know are options at Disney. There is miniature golf, but there's also golf golf, like professional large golf courses. So if that's something that your spouse is into. You can reserve tee times for that. There's also a new foot golf course if they want to go about that. Um, There's lots of things at Disney Springs that are a little bit, you know, out of the norm. You can go to Splitsville, do some bowling if they're into that type of thing. There are different like pickleball courts and things like that at some of the resorts they can enjoy. Tons of pool time water parks, if that's something a little off the beaten path they like. But I would say the biggest thing is just, you know, find those one or two things and make sure you're doing what you can to implement those into the vacation so everybody can kind of have their at least one big fun memory. And hopefully there's a ton more outside of that. All right. Next question is, what is the ideal order to visit the parks? Okay. Now, there's no ideal. I'm just going to share my two cents and a little bit of things to consider. Okay. If you can visit the parks during weekdays, normally you're going to see fewer crowds than weekends just because of locals living in Florida, school, obviously. Now, in the summer, that can kind of be all over the place. School holidays, obviously, all over the place. I've done episodes about time of year to visit in Disney. And basically, if school is out, you're probably going to see more crowds. Um, Between Christmas and New Year's tends to be the busiest time, those holiday weekends, that sort of thing. So, obviously, you know about those. But let's just say I'm there random week in, I don't know, you know, early May. Okay, that tends to be honestly not too busy a time. But what day should I tackle each park? So Magic Kingdom Mondays are something that I've always kind of heard floating around. Lots of people on their vacation, if they're starting parks on Monday, they like to go to Magic Kingdom first. Now, Magic Kingdom is my fave. But I don't ever do it first because when we go, we tend to have four day base tickets. Every park gets one day. Now, if you're hopping, if you've got more days than that and like you could come back to Magic Kingdom, absolutely. I would go to my favorite park first and then maybe my favorite park last, you know, starting in the trip with that. But if you're not if you don't have that extended amount of tickets, just kind of consider what you like, what's a favorite park for you, what's a favorite park for your family, and maybe on Monday, steer clear of Magic Kingdom just to kind of 
have lesser crowds. Other kind of weekday things to consider. Now, this is only going to be an issue like four times a year. If an Epcot festival is starting on the day that you're trying to go to Epcot, beware. It's funny because as I'm recording this on Thursday, an Epcot festival just started. They tend to start them on Thursday as kind of a little pre-dry run before you get into the weekend of the festival. And really, that first day just means you're going to have like all the bloggers and the influencers out there trying to taste and test the food. Now, that's totally fine, but that just may mean longer lines around World Showcase, and maybe you don't want to deal with that. I also find, you know, Fridays can be a little busy at Epcot. You have more people, locals, coming in in the evenings. So maybe that's not your best day to go there, but it's not unbearable by any means. Okay. Other things to consider if there happens to be a run Disney race, there are four of those a year, normally kind of the first full weekend in January, last weekend in February. Springtime surprise is like early April normally, and then the wine and dine is normally the first or second weekend in November. Most of the racers do the race, and then they stay after a few days. So if you're going those days, the Monday, Tuesday, you're likely still going to have people for the races there after they ran it. So you might want to keep that in mind. Okay. A few other things to consider are just park hours. So as it stands right now, Animal Kingdom tends to open the earliest and also close the earliest. Epcot and Hollywood Studios, I think, are pretty similar, um, closing at about nine o'clock most nights. And then Magic Kingdom tends to stay open the latest. So just bring that up because if you go to Magic Kingdom and you stay out late and you don't get back till like midnight, do you want Animal Kingdom to be the next day where you have to be up even earlier if you're trying to rope drop? So that's something to keep in mind. And then lastly, as we get into the holiday season, the other thing you want to consider is when these Halloween and Christmas parties are at Magic Kingdom. Because here's how it kind of went last year. On a day when there is a party, they start letting people with party tickets in at four o'clock, even though the party doesn't start till seven. But if you don't have a party ticket, you've got to leave Magic Kingdom at seven. No nighttime shows, anything like that. It's closed early for the party. So that stinks if you don't have a park hopper ticket and that's your Magic Kingdom day. It got cut a little bit short. However, last year we saw a lot of lower crowds on those party days because that's what everyone thought. I don't want to go to Magic Kingdom and have my day cut short. So you may very well get a a lot out of that day before all the people start coming in around 4 or 5 p.m. Um, and it may make it worth it. If you have Park Hopper, it could also be great to kind of go there in the morning and then leave and go somewhere else in the evening since it's closing early. But definitely keep that on your radar if you're going in the next, you know, five months or next Halloween, Christmas, that type of thing. All right. Next question. I'm going to Disney with like an infant, a baby, a toddler. What are some things that I'll want to remember? I'm probably going to do some episodes coming up about each age group, like things to know about Disney with infants, with elementary age, with middle and high schoolers, that sort of thing. But just a few general things that came to mind. 
if you've got a kid that age, you know what you need. You know you need snacks. You know you need entertainment. You know you might need the binky or something for them to chew on. Change of clothes. I'm going to bring up change of clothes just because some of the parks have little water splashy things. Like Magic Kingdom has one back in like Storybook Circus area. Or maybe you let them get out. You let them splash, run around, and you've got that nice change of clothes. Um, a fan, something to keep them cool. And then the one I think people don't think about because you probably don't need it in your day-to-day life, that is a stroller cover for the rain or trash bag, giant poncho, something like that. You're going to see sunny skies and you're going to park your stroller and you're going to go into an attraction and everything's going to be great and you're going to come out to sunny skies only to find your stroller drenched because it monsooned rain while you were in there. Okay, so something to cover the stroller and also something to distinguish your stroller. Sometimes you will park it and the cast members will need to move it to make room Um, and so not crazy like not to the other side of the park but maybe the other side of like a walkway or a sidewalk so having something distinguishable on there can be really helpful um, so that you can find it quickly next question I got has to do with guests staying off site what kind of perks if any did they still have so I've been working with someone who is staying at a good neighbor hotel Um, these are kind of in the Disney Springs area. And it's a little confusing because they get some Disney perks, but not others. Okay. And so you'll definitely want to look specifically at your hotel because hotels like the Swan and Dolphin that are right by Epcot, while they are good neighbors, they actually get more perks than most of the Disney Springs hotels. So if you're not staying at a Disney hotel, but you are staying at a good neighbor hotel, somebody that still has like a relationship, contract, whatever it may be with Disney, um, if you were able to book this through the Disney website or your travel agent can let you know, um, you know, more specifically what perks are included. But for most good neighbor hotels, you still get that perk of early entry. So you're still getting in 30 minutes early to every theme park every day. However, your individual lightning lane purchase options are like someone staying off property. So at 7 a.m., you can still purchase Genie Plus, make your first selection. You can also still join virtual queues. That's for anybody, whether, you know, you're staying in Alabama, I don't know, and driving down that day, wherever you may be, 7 a.m., you can make a Genie Plus selection if you purchased it and do it, try to get in a virtual queue. However, if you want to buy an individual lightning lane for Seven Doors Mine Train, Tron, Rise of the Resistance, any of those rides, you cannot do that until park opening time. And that is different from people saying at a resort property, they can do that at 7 a.m. as well. So depending on how busy it is that day, if you're not getting yours till park open, which could be 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, there may not be many or any left 
for you. So that's something to consider. Um, one other thing regarding offsite guests, like I said, there's lots of pros and cons to look at pricing, parking costs, getting to and from the parks. But do know in most cases, those Disney Springs hotel guests, they can make dining reservations 60 days out like a Disney hotel guest, but it's 60 days out per day. So a Disney hotel guest, if they're staying for a week, 60 days out from that first day of check-in, they can make reservations for that entire week. But someone staying at a good neighbor hotel would have to do 60 days from each day of the trip and make a dining reservation each and every day going out. Okay. All right. Next question. What is available for early entry at Magic Kingdom? So all of the theme parks have that option for 30 minutes early entry for resort guests and those good neighbor hotel guests we just found out. And most of the parks, it's pretty much just like, okay, everything's open, go do whatever. Um, Magic Kingdom, though, is different. So at Magic Kingdom for early entry, I just tend to tell people the right side of the park is open. So Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, New Fantasyland, those are tend to, if everything's working, be what's available for early entry. This is also a nice perk because if you can do a couple things on the right side of the park and then like hightail yourself over to the left side, you can be one of the first on rides over there and like Adventureland and all that kind of stuff. But here is your tentative list for what tends to be open for early entry. The Astro Orbiter, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, um, Space Mountain, Tomorrowland Speedway, The People Mover, Carousel of progress under the sea voyage of or journey excuse me of the little mermaid uh what else we got here seven doors mine train the carousel peter pan's flight mickey's philhar magic winnie the pooh mad tea party it's a small world dumbo and the barnstormer a lot of people tend to run to seven doors mine train or peter pan because those are popular. Peter Pan just has a low ride capacity. The wait times can get crazy for that one. So just know that going in, if that's one you want, I would be there super duper early and try to be one of the first in the park to get in line for that. All right. And then last question, or no, next last question. What kind of extras are available at the resorts? And so I didn't do an extensive search. Um, I talked about on an earlier episode, lots of magical extras that were available. There's fishing, boat rental, that kind of stuff. But just a few things that came to mind around the pools. And this is kind of kid family activity. There tends to be tie dye or some kind of daily craft. So you can always look into that. It is a paid thing because it's kind of like an extra, you know, little souvenir perk, but you can always look for resort activities going on. Some others and really a great resort for some of these extras is Coronado Springs. So I have a client that is doing the Mickey Mosaic tile class there soon. And with that, you just go in and you make your own little mosaic tile pattern. Um, you know, that looks like a Mickey. And so that's super cute. That's offered, I believe, on Wednesdays and Saturdays at the Barcelona Lounge at 1 p.m., if I'm remembering correctly. And then another little 
awesome class they have at Coronado Springs is Sangria University. And so if you are a Sangria fan, this one sounds like a lot of fun. It looks like it's offered normally on Saturdays and Sundays, but you it's like a one and a half, two hour class. You learn about Sangria, you make your own, you have some drinks and a jolly good time. So all of these, for the most part that I mentioned, other than the tie-dyeing your shirts, um, but a lot of these things you will want to reserve in advance. There is a fee, so you can check out the Disney website under Magical Extras and see kind of all those listings or talk with your travel advisor about what's available during the dates that you're there. All right, and then last question, favorite memories at Disney. So truth be told, I don't have the best memory. I'm just not a great rememberer. I'm a big visual person. So I think being in the age of technology where we can have like videos and pictures of everything helps me kind of connect those memories. Um, But a few things that come to mind when I think of Disney memories and I'll kind of build up to present day. One of them is I can remember one of the first times we went, my sister was probably hmm, six, seven years old, and she was dressed in the parks kind of like Jasmine. And I just remember so many people stopping her to take pictures, told her she was so cute, lots of the characters making a big deal about her. So that's definitely a memory I have from an early trip. I can also remember in my teen angst, <laughs> we were in Disney one time for New Year's, and I think it's the only time we've been in that crazy between Christmas and New Year's time. Um, and I just remember like being huffy puffy teenager, like sitting in the bathroom at our resort, being upset that I was there um, and not hanging out with friends. I don't know why that, like I said, is an ingrained memory. And now if you want to take me for um, New Year's, absolutely. Like all the time. Let's go. Um, But yeah, back then, angst. But probably one of my favorite memories. And honestly, once you have kids and you get to take them and see it through their eyes, it just changes kind of the memories and the things you enjoy. So my daughter, Kinsley, one of my favorite memories with her is just when she was obsessed with Frozen, Anna and Elsa. And we took her to the Frozen sing-along in Hollywood Studios. I actually have a video on my Instagram of it, but we were sitting in the front row and spoiler alert, they make it snow in there and she was just singing Let It Go at the top of her lungs. Um, And that was just such a special memory. And then with my son, probably when he was that similar kind of first visit, two and a half, three years old, just him splashing around with his little cousin and them loving the Nemo pool and the theming of the Art of Animation Resort and cars and all of that stuff and just seeing them lighting up, seeing some of their favorite characters. Um, I think this past time taking them, they're seven and ten now, I kind of went into it wanting to still feel that little kid magic, but just realizing that at every age, Disney holds something special. And now they're more excited about starting to get on some of those thrill rides and being tall enough for things that they hadn't been before. And really just the time together with family. So 
it doesn't matter, you know, when we're there, who I'm with, it's just always special and something I really enjoy where I can just lay down any worries of life and have a good time in my happy place. All right, friends, those are our questions. If you have more, you can absolutely always shoot me a message on Instagram at Mountains of Magic, on Facebook at Fantastical Vacations by Danielle with one L, or send me an email at Danielle Robbins at FantasticalVacations.com. All that info is in the show notes. So just click down there to find the links. But thanks so much for hanging out with me today for hearing about these listener questions and some different things you might want to consider on your next trip. And thanks so much for joining me being here along for the ride. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a second to leave a rating and review. But I'm so thankful for you guys who listen. Um, you let me be able to uh, keep doing this because I have the motivation to know I'm talking to someone. (laughs) So thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for listening. And here's to a hundred more. Have a magical day. Bye-bye. 